0: Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
1: You have 47 new voicemails.
0: Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
2: It is the early morning show here on 93.7 The Fan. That's why the guy said that. Brought to you by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Visit them at awaken180weightloss.com. Terrifying situation last night watching Monday Night Football. Normally I am asleep, but I was not asleep last night because I was watching the West Virginia basketball game. And so I flipped back on to Monday Night Football and I saw all the Bills players in a semicircle on the field. You know, that's not good. And my wife hopped on Twitter, and she saw that it was Damar Hamlin. She's a Pitt fan. She knew what was going on there. Now, I'm not a praying kind of guy. I went to Catholic school. So it would be disingenuous for me to be like, yeah, I prayed for Damar Hamlin last night. But the thoughts from me go out to him, and obviously— if you're the praying type, I'm sure you prayed for Damar Hamlin last night. Maybe you continue to do so. But what really struck me yesterday, watching all that unfold, was that the way we think about these players out there on the playing surface, football, hockey, baseball, whatever, we we look at these guys as almost commodities, I mean, we trade them in fantasy, right? We draft them in fantasy. We make money off of these people when we gamble. We let them fill our lives with entertainment and fun when we otherwise would be doing who knows what, right? And we criticize them. We call for their jobs. We say they should be cut. We talk about their salaries. We... We discuss whether or not their actions on the field are acceptable if they celebrate or how they're allowed to enjoy victories in the locker room. And for a minute, we all realized that these are human beings out there. And that's where I am today. If I were in the stands and they've got the... Disclaimer up on the video board that says that the game has been delayed. And even without an announcement there at the stadium in Cincinnati, with technology and Twitter and social media, everyone had to know as much as anybody could know what was going on just sitting there in the stands. And it wouldn't have taken me very long after you heard that there was a cardiac arrest that. DeMar Hamlin needed to have CPR performed on him and that there was an AED ev- device, it wouldn't have taken very long for me, I don't think, to say, you know what, I'm just going home. Like The entertainment portion of the evening is over. And I do wonder, because this kind of happened with Ryan Shazier, and this is trivial, frankly, compared to what's going on with Hamlin. But I do wonder when watching football will feel normal again. And this is just me trying to look at it through my perspective. Again, when you turn on a microphone or you're on television and you talk about this, I feel like you're giving disclaimers the whole time. And last night there were a couple of people that stepped in it. Skip Bayless is a bad person. And because he has a platform where he can give hot takes about sports, he feels like he can give hot takes about things relating to life and death. Those two things, you're not qualified to speak about one just because you're qualified to speak about the other. But so I I do feel like it's important to continue to say that, yes, the most important thing is that DeMar Hamlin, who is in critical condition and intubated at a Cincinnati hospital, gets better. But... How do you watch a game next week and not think about this? If you're a player, and I obviously can't speak to that, how do you take the field and not think about that? Ryan Clark, I thought, did a wonderful job addressing all of this last night. A guy who, if you want to look at anybody who is in similar situations, the list is very small. He's one of the guys qualified to talk about this because of what happened to him in Denver and his teammates had to visit him in the hospital and he was in a dire situation. Ryan Shazier, albeit different, this that was a similarly gruesome, terrifying situation where the reactions were so visceral and so strong. I think it's important to hear from guys like that. And Ryan Clark... Last night on ESPN, while everyone was sort of trying to tap dance through one of the worst situations we've ever seen on a field, maybe the worst, I thought Ryan Clark did a good job of capturing the emotion of the moment and and lending his personal experience to this situation.
3: I think the, the first thing this is this um this is about DeMar Hamlin, mm-hmm. and um, it's about a young man at 24 years old that was living his dream that a few hours ago was getting ready to play the biggest game of his NFL career. And there was probably nowhere else in the world he wanted to be. And now he fights for his life. And when DeMar Hamlin falls to the turf and when you see the medical staff rush to the field and both teams are on the field, you realize this isn't normal. You realize this isn't just football. And so many times in this game and in our job as well, we use the cliches, you know, I'm ready to die for this. I'm willing to give my life for this. It's, it's time to go to war. And I think sometimes we use those things so much, we forget that part of living this dream is putting your life at risk. And tonight, you know, we got to see a side of football that is extremely ugly, a side of football that no one ever That side of football that no one ever wants to see Mm -hmm. or never wants to admit exists. When you see both teams on the field crying in that way, your first thought is DeMar Hamlin. The second thought is his family. And this isn't about a football player, right? This is about a human. This is about a brother. This is about a son. This is about a friend. This is about someone who is loved by so many that you have to watch go through this. I, um, I dealt with this before. And I watched my teammates for days come to my hospital bed and just cry. I had them call me and tell me that they didn't think I was going to make it. And now this team has to deal with that. And they have no answers. Mm-hmm. And so the next time I think that we get upset at our favorite fantasy player <laughs> or we're, we're upset that the, the guy on our team doesn't make the play and we're saying he's worthless and we're saying you get to make all this money. We should remember that these men are putting their lives on the line to live their dream. And tonight, DeMar Hamlin's dream became a nightmare for not only himself, but his family and his entire team.
2: Unfortunately, it's not going to be like that. Unfortunately, in three weeks, whatever, there'll be playoff games. Someone will drop a ball. People will spout off on Twitter about how that person needs to be cut, coaches need to be fired. And that's just that's just the reality. That's the way that it goes. The machine will continue to churn on. The one thing that Ryan hit on there that was impactful for me was we talk about concussions all the time. And even moments before I turn the microphone on here was talking to people and the thought was at first, oh, Damar Hamlin, it's his brain. He's knocked out. It's a concussion, something along those lines. And the flippant nature in how I just go, oh yeah, that's what I thought too. And where it's just, okay, it's fine. These guys brains, these guys get knocked out. Ryan Shazier paralyzed on the field. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well it's just that one's the brain. He'll be okay. We know the drill there, right? And we are so... And I'm part of this. I mean, I'm, I'm not sitting here trying to be preacher or anything like that. We are so conditioned to just keep it moving. It's fine. Guy's brain is mush. We just we just go on. We watch the rest of the game. Two a tongue of Iloa, three concussions. Is he going to play this weekend? It was announced yesterday by Mike McDaniel. No, but the discussion we had on the pregame show... On Sunday before Steelers Ravens was well, boy, you know they win. They could still get into the playoffs if he's cleared. Does he go? If he's not cleared, well, obviously he wouldn't play. But does it factor into the decision making there with Tuatonga vailoa that they're still alive in the playoff race? And this is just this is normal. But what what really struck me from Ryan Clark was. Part of the conversations that we have surrounding the concussions and when, when people get hurt, they blow out their knee or their elbow or whatever is, well, they know the risks. They know the risks when they sign up to play football that they could suffer catastrophic injury. There's n- there is There can't possibly be anybody playing this game that takes the field and thinks, and obviously you hope and you do pray that this isn't the situation for Demar Hamlin and that he will be okay but you don't you can't imagine that a player ever takes the field and thinks okay I could die so I don't think the normal conversations that we have typically they know the risks I don't I don't think that applies to this you could say well I, I've always thought about it. I mean, guys' spleens explode, and we've seen things like that. Yeah, I I know the risks. No one ever thinks this is going to happen. You can't possibly think this is going to happen. The other thing about last night, as I'm sort of stream of consciousness here, is everyone wanted to play gotcha with the NFL. What the F are they doing? Roger Goodell, you absolute joke. You got to cancel the game. And I know that... Immediately my thought was and I sent a tweet. Yeah, you just you can't play. I mean it, it the game's over. Entertainment for the night it's done. Goodbye. See you later. Everybody go home. Figure the rest of it out later. I'm not going to crush the NFL. Because they took so long to cancel the game. There are logistics they got to deal with. This isn't something that happens. And so I don't know that they handled it well. In fact, I would say they probably didn't, but there is not exactly a template for how to deal with this thing. I'm sure it's been discussed. I mean, I'm I'm sure that they have had conversations about it, the NFL Players Association and the NFL at large and the owners and all that, but it happened in r- real time, and you got to make a decision there. I think... When Zach Taylor and Coach McDermott got together and they said, hey, listen, what do you, you want to do? Like, wh- wh- How do we move on from this? Do you move on from this? That was, I mean, that's a real human moment. And it was, I mean, the emotions on the field and players in tears and Josh Allen completely stunned. They, they continued to show the pictures. I mean, that's just human reaction in the moment. Friend down on the ground, CPR being administered. There's no way that those guys could have played a football game last night. So, ultimately, the right decision was made. The other thing people are doing on social media is, because people don't know how to react in this situation. They, ju- they just don't, is there were people who were stepping in it, right? Saying stuff like, well, there's a game that needs to be played. Uh, we, we got gambling money on the line here. Uh, Skip Bayless with one of the most insensitive tweets I've ever seen in the history of people putting words on paper or on screen but then the number of folks who just let's dunk on these guys let's dunk on these guys and Skip deserved to be dunked on obviously I'm not I'm not saying he didn't but nobody knows how to react and I'm watching ESPN like I'm sure a lot of you were and Susie Culber doesn't know what to say I mean come on Adam Schefter doesn't know what to say Booger McFarland initially didn't know what to say and then they all came around and I thought I thought their tone, I thought the way they handled it was was the right way for the moment. Ryan Clark obviously did an excellent job there, but everyone sort of they don't know how to deal with these situations. And so I think it's important to take that into account, again, excluding Skip Bayless. Whenever you think about everything that happened last night, and being reactionary and trying to play gotcha with the NFL or gotcha with this guy or that guy, it was a unique circumstance that you frankly hope never happens again. Four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. Hi, you're on the early morning show.
1: Hi, Tim from the Tank Brigade here. What's up, man? I uh, well, I think uh, what it really comes down to is football is a is a gladiator sport. And uh, I I hate to view it this way, but, I mean, we're kind of just like the mobs that, you know, watch the gladiator sports in Rome in ancient times. And I think that we try to remove ourselves from that by, you know, playing fantasy football and, oh, it says Red 10 has a concussion. But, like, we don't really know any of these people, so we just kind of desensitize and remove ourselves from the situation. And if these guys weren't in the top 1% of 1% of physical specimens, uh, you'd see a lot more incident, incidents like this. Um, I'm glad that, you know, he's still alive at this point. Obviously, I hope for his full recovery, but I think that, you know, hopefully, you know, this moment allows, you know, us as a as a viewing fan base to kind of really think about what it is that we're supporting and rooting for.
2: Well, and, and, and that's just it, and thanks, Tim. I, I don't want to sit here and be preachy and say, well, here's how I'm going to approach this moving forward. And we should stop firing people on the air. Listen, I know what my job is. That's part of it. That's just the reality. And you as fans, if the Steelers make the playoffs, there are going to be millions and millions of people, Steelers nation, that get all clad in black and gold. And they watch that game, and they swing their terrible towels, and they enjoy the sport, and they love it, and it brings the community together and all that, and it doesn't make them bad people. So you you will find today that there will be folks that say, we need to consume this differently. And maybe that is the truth, but that's not going to be the case. And I don't think it makes people bad if they consume it the way that they've always been conditioned to consume it. It happened after Ryan Shazier. I didn't want to watch the rest of that game. I'm I'm sure most of you didn't want to watch the rest of that game. It just, it did not feel important. And that's because in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't important. But a couple weeks later, it's Jesse James game and Ron Rivera. And that's all that mattered was the football. Because for many of us, most of us, high percentage of us, we just go back to getting on and doing things the way we always do things. I don't really know what to say. 4129289370. But somehow I've talked for twenty minutes. If you've got thoughts, if you want to discuss this, we can. Again, the phone number 4129289370. You can hit me up on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley.
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Probably could have picked better music than this upbeat dancing music here to come back in, given the subject matter of the conversation. And I totally blew the clock in the first segment, taking it 22 minutes, when usually I go between 12 and 16 minutes, just letting you behind the scenes here. The other thing is, I'm sure we will, and we did our show meetings. I'm sure we will get back to other normal sports talk, morning show-related stuff later on in the program. Hell, we're going to do the pre-show coming up in 15 minutes, which is supposed to be fun and entertaining. And I'm sure at some point today I'll I'll fire Matt Canada on the air because that's the machine. That's the beast. That's the job. That's how it goes. But... I think it's important to realize that all of that comes with the understanding of we know what's really going on with with Hamlin and with the sports world at large right now. It's important, I think, to say that. Hi, you're on the air. Early
1: morning show. Hey. Hey, uh, Adam. How you doing? Uh, this is Sean in and I just want to say, first off, I'm not an NFL guy, personally. I mean... Uh, but I will say, no matter how long it took, I got to commend the NFL for actually calling this game. Um, I'm a I'm a soccer guy myself, and last year there was a player, uh, Eric Christensen, yep. who had cardiac arrest on the field, on the pitch, and they revived him. He's fine, thankfully. But minutes after it happened, they they finished out that game. Uh, I, I, like I said, non-
2: phone dropped out there. Yeah, I mean they did the right thing. Eventually, and that is the important thing. And here's something that's a lot less important, but it's very real. Again, you got to couch everything. It is absolutely not as important as what is going to happen with DeMar Hamlin and his family and his friends and his teammates. But they sent the team back to Buffalo. Like The Bills are in Buffalo now. This is, again, trivial. But as far as the playoff race is concerned, and the one seed is concerned, and hell, the Steelers' fate is somewhat tied to this as well. When are they going to play that game? Are they going to play that game? What What do they do? No clue. I don't even have any suggestions. Not, not going to be my thing. That is over my head. But I don't. I don't know. Hey, you're on the early morning show.
1: Hey, real quick. Hey, um. <sighs> It's tough to even talk about, but it reminds me of Hank Gathers. Yeah. Uh, the basketball star who um, just had a heart attack and passed on a basketball field. And, well, uh, and, and,
2: and something similar happened to a, a player who now plays for Kansas State. And thanks for the call. I really screwed the clock up here, so I got to go. Keontae Johnson, who played at Florida at the time, he, he had a, a heart event that happened on the court. And I believe. I could be talking out of my backside here. I believe they they postponed that game at the time, too, because it was such a terrifying moment. Four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero the number. You can hit me up on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. It's the early morning show, 93.7 The Fan.
0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Fan weather brought to you by Sun
2: Chevrolet. Route 19 in the South Hills. Start the new year off with a great deal on a new or pre-owned vehicle and online at sunchevy.com. Today, let me look at my sheet here. Rain with highs in the mid-60s. So we know what happened last night with Jamar Hamlin and the Monday night football game being suspended. We don't know where things go from here. One thing that was particularly bothersome to me, again, not important in the grand scheme of things. You got to continue to couch things. But so Skip Bayless goes off on Twitter and he's just a jerk off. And he gets killed. He gets absolutely crushed for this, and he absolutely should have. But we are so interested in playing gotcha that John Rothstein, who is this kooky, crazy college football, college basketball, excuse me, guy who has all those sayings, and he, I think, has a bunch of scheduled tweets that go off every time there's a college basketball game. We know that DeMar Hamlin now cardiac arrested on the field. John Rothstein does not care about the NFL. He does not watch the NFL when college basketball is on. He's got 75 TVs in front of him. He's watching. I don't know. Grambling state versus William and Mary. A&M. I mean, it's just his passion is college basketball. So. One of the things he tweets out when there's a close game every time, because he's a kook, is grab your nitroglycerin pills. And he got eviscerated for that, given the poor timing. And it, yeah, it's awful timing. It's awful timing. But he he probably wasn't paying attention. It, or it was a scheduled tweet. And he got killed for it. And man, the way we deal with things... And everyone deals with emotion differently, right? But we're so quick to, we turn our fear, we turn our emotion, our our sadness into, we quickly go into anger mode and who are we going to get mode? And sometimes people just make an honest mistake. And there's a difference to me there between clearly what he did, John Rothstein, And what Skip Bayless put out there on Twitter. A a significant difference. Skip Bayless is a callous, emotionless, disgusting piece of crap. And John Rothstein was accidentally careless. There is a massive difference. I remember Skip Bayless talking about when Dak Prescott took a leave from the Cowboys... Because his brother had committed suicide and Skip Bayless was saying a real leader doesn't leave his team. There is a danger in what we do. And because you give your opinion and in his case, millions of people give some level of credence or pay attention to his opinion when you're in this industry and people pay attention to your opinion and you're meant to entertain and you're trying to sway people's opinions and form opinions and change people's opinions. Just because you are qualified to talk about sports doesn't mean that you're adept at handling situations that are deeper than that. Some people are much better at the conversation than others. I'm meandering through it today. Skip Bayless because He feels like his opinion is so valuable on sports, thinks he can give it on more important stuff. It's time to be out on guys like that. Fan morning show, pre-show next. I've set it up for a fun day.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?